Thank you for downloading, subscribing to, listening to, streaming, whatever you're doing, hearing Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. You know the only way to do it is online, and the only way that I'm able to keep doing it is through your support. Now, how do you want to support the show? Even if you don't have a lot of money, it's easy. Do me a favor. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on iTunes. Leave a review and a rating. It helps more than it should, but the point is that it helps. Also, if you're doing any shopping in the distant or not-so-distant future, instead of going to Amazon.com, go to NotSam.com slash Amazon. It's the same Amazon website. It's the same prices, but... A little bit goes to Sam Roberts and Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast instead of all the bit going to Jeff Bezos. Because let's be honest, he's got enough already. Now, let's get started with the show, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Oh, welcome. It's Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast hosted by Sam Roberts. And that's who I am. You know what we're doing here, guys. It's it's a wrestling podcast done by a guy who's still a wrestling fan. I watch the show because I enjoy it. Now, there are times when you can't help but be critical. I heard a, a bunch of people tweeting me, I guess I didn't hear them, but I read them, tweeting me this week, really wanting, because I guess people turn to this podcast when something awful happens on television, and they go, how does this make sense? Why is this a good thing? Why should we be doing this? Sometimes I have the answers. Sometimes I have the spin. Sometimes I don't. What did I think about the Sasha Banks thing? Well, we'll talk about it in State of Wrestling. Um, Also, we'll give you all the details on the live show that I'm doing as part of the Now Hear This podcast festival. If you're going to be in New York City, uh, I think weekend after this coming one. So I think it's a week from Sunday at this point. Make sure you're going to the Now Hear This podcast festival. I'll tell you all about that. But speaking of Sasha Banks, we'll get to her in the state of wrestling. And in the state of wrestling this week, I'll be joined by a special guest who has not been on the show before. But I talked to Sasha Banks at Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City just a day or two before SummerSlam. And the things that Sasha and I talked about resonated really quite deeply with what's going on right now with Sasha Banks. Uh, and, And it's really amazing that it all rings more true than ever. Again, it's not like this interview was done years ago. This interview was done like a week ago. But the point is that as that week or so has passed, two weeks maybe, it rings now more true than it's ever rang. I think in the times that I've spoken with Sasha Banks, this ironically was probably her most candid. Ironic because it was the only time it was in front of a live audience, but that didn't seem to bother her. We got to do a a live interview with her in front of the packed out crowd at Caroline's Comedy Club, and we also got to do a question and answer session. You're going to get to hear both here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Speaking of live shows, check out the YouTube channel because just this week I uploaded the video of our live show from the Highline Ballroom featuring Mark Henry and Dan Soder and Skylar Aston and Katie Linendahl. The entire two-hour show, the extravaganza, is up now at youtube.com slash notsam. Um, so check it out. 
Let's get right to the interview this week, huh? Let's get to the Sasha Banks interview that I think is going to have a lot of people talking. Here she is this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, Miss Sasha Banks. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Why don't we welcome to the stage the boss, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, everybody. Sasha Banks. Yeah, that's yours. Get out of there. Hello. There you go. Hi. All right. <laughs> Sasha Banks. Does this ever? Does that ever not be exciting? Like, does that ever become the regular? Oh, that's it. Every single day, Sasha. That's all I hear. <laughs> Even my mom calls me Sasha Banks, and I'm just like. All right, mom. <laughs> Does Get your mom it. go? Because I've talked to you before, and you're like, you know, there's there's a there's a you uh, uh, out of the spotlight, yeah. and there's a Sasha Banks in the spotlight. But you're saying that Sasha Banks has started following you home and just oh, completely inundating your life. It's so annoying. I I can't remember the last time I actually heard my real name before. But um, <laughs> no, it's great because Sasha Banks sounds like such a star name. Yeah. And um, being in the WWE has been. The, my dream for so long, so it's it's like I'm living my dream every single day. It's awesome. Well, let's go back to that. Who back in the in in the, in the day day, who came up with the name Sasha Banks? Was that a was that a, a you creation? Was um, that a kind of both? So when I got down to FCW, the the head people always told us to write down a list of names, and I wrote down Sasha with a different last name, and honestly, I can't remember what it was. And I wrote down Banks with a different first name. And then a week later, Sarah Del Rey came up to me and she's like, your new name's Sasha Banks. And I was like, oh, it is? Oh. <laughs> I ain't cool. Okay. And then a week later, I got a text from my mom being like, that's a terrible name. I just looked it up. There's a porn star named Sasha Banks. You have to change it. You can't have that name. God doesn't like that. I'm like, mom, I just got signed by the WWE. I can't change my name. Sasha Banks is my name, period. <laughs> All right? I feel like everyone's name is some type of porn star name. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to know the, no, the terribleness that Sam, Sam Roberts, Roberts has. <laughs> no, I've, that's why I don't Google myself, because yeah. I'm sure it's not. Pre- Actually, I'm the Sam Roberts that other people name Sam Probably. Roberts. They're like, no, he's the, he's <laughs> Sam Roberts. I can't be. So, uh, but but did you did you take to it immediately? Was it something that, like, before you knew it was a porn star's name, was it something that rang like, yeah, that's got a um, ring to it. I can do work with this. Honestly, I always really thought my wrestling name would be Mercedes. I always kind of always saw that. So um, I remember in the independence, um, the head guy of Chaotic, he's like, you need a last name. I'm like, well, I just like being called Mercedes. I don't want a last name. Um, but there was another wrestler named Mercedes Martinez, who's actually in the the May Young Classic, which is so cool. Yeah. And um, they were pretty much saying that I wouldn't really get booked because of her name. So I was trying to think of, uh, what can I have for a last name? And I just thought, okay, well, my last name is Kessner Vernado, so Mercedes KV. <laughs> and then it just really didn't really ring, but that was my ending name. So I was kind of hoping when I came to WWE that it would be Mercedes, but... Um, they didn't want to copyright that, so. Well, I was about to say, there's also a car. There's, I don't there's know if a you lot know, of things. A, yeah, there's a, there's a things car like named that. Mercedes. Um, but once I got Sasha Banks, I was just like, no, something was very clicky about it. I like yeah. it. What do you think? Uh, the, the Sasha Banks that we got to know in NXT, I don't know if that Sasha Banks has yet 
come to Monday Night Raw. You know what I mean? The yeah. Sasha Banks that came out of the Escalade and was like like a, a bad guy Sasha Banks, not Ratchet Sasha Banks. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think a lot of us remember that 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 was I that period of time is what first got you noticed. Yeah. Is that something that you feel like okay, that this is an evolutionary thing and that was in the past or is uh, that a place where you want to revisit? No, definitely. But I feel like with WWE, you always have to evolve. And when I came to WWE, or when I came to Monday Night Raw, I was still this bad guy, but very confused, again, of who I was, because they just got thrown into this really random but great group, Team Bad. And when we kind of found out that we were going to be, hell yeah, Team yeah, Bad. Yeah, okay, house, okay. When I found out I was going to be in this group, I was like, okay, and then what? What's, where are we going? What's, what's the point? So we're in a group, but the ultimate goal is to always be a champion. So how out of the three are we going to be champions? So uh, um, I was confused on that. And uh, just getting called up, I was so nervous because we were getting so much time in NXT. And everybody was talking about the women in NXT. And you know, still when it, on Raw, we were still getting only two-minute matches and like just no storylines. And it didn't feel like they really still still cared. But I knew that. It wasn't easy when I first started NXT, and it wasn't how it was like it is now. So I knew that we would have to start over and rebuild, and now we're here, and it's it's amazing. It's incredible. But I think due to that match I had at NXT Brooklyn, the fans respected my work more. So it's because of you guys <laughs> that I'm a good guy. <laughs> so when you guys decide to boo me, then maybe I can be not Ratchet, Sasha Banks, <laughs> right? From NXT, Would, but we'll see. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I that's like a, me a bit. That's a difficult thing, though, because, like, you know, you can do the Sasha Banks character, but the minute anybody is like, really, what's going on? It's like you're this girl who had a dream, and you're crying, and you're like, look, I'm on the building. And yeah. so it's like the, the person who you are that we kind of see becomes so sympathetic, and, yeah, she is like us, that it's kind of difficult to be like, no, I'm... Better than you. I still am better than you. Okay, that's, that's, that's <laughs> She meant all of us, not just me. That's true. Right? It's damn true. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so, do you have any idea, or were there any conversations as to what the plan for Sasha Banks was at SummerSlam before Bailey got hurt? Because now we know you're you're yeah. in the women's championship match. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, and. You know, everybody loves Bailey. I love Bailey, yeah. and no offense to Bailey, but I think that's the match a lot of people wanted to see anyway. Um, but it didn't. It didn't happen until. Yeah, it's crazy Bailey how it happened hurt. too. Um, and I don't know if I can really reveal the secrets of what I I heard rumblings of, but um, um, I thought I was going to go into a longer storyline with Alexa Bliss, especially after Great Balls of Fire and um, her running away and all that breakdown stuff. So and I thought after that and then raw talk happened and i thought maybe the next day i'll have a promo no just a random tag match again then next week another tag match and then a match against bailey to determine who's going to wrestle alexa bliss i'm like don't i automatically get a rematch so <laughs> um i honestly thought it was going to be me versus alexa at SummerSlam in the first place yeah and uh for some reason bailey always beats me huh yeah hmm. it's true hmm. It's true. But it's crazy how things work out, huh? <laughs> and now I'm here, and she's hurt. 
which really, really sucks. But well, that's uh, what I want to ask you, too, yeah. about, like, somebody like Bailey, who's not only a person that you work with, but is your close friend. Yeah. But it's not the worst news in the world for you when she gets hurt. Um. You know, where, where do you... Where do you come to terms on that? Because I would think that you're excited about having this match at SummerSlam. Oh, no, I am 100% excited. I mean, SummerSlam in Brooklyn is... Brooklyn's one of my favorite places to wrestle. Because you guys are so amazing all the time. But, I mean, I can't imagine the feeling that she's going through right now, being injured. She even texted me last night. She's like, I miss wrestling. And she's only been out for, what, two weeks. Yeah. So it's like, I can't imagine how she's feeling. And, you know, just being injured, like so many things go through your mind, like, oh, can I, can, can I do what I used to do? Can I still do it, this and that? But opportunities happen, and I took it. Right. So yeah, and you've been Sunday, injured before. You're like, and guess what? I I'm have? not the one who's injured now. Have I been injured before? Well, you've been out of action I've been before. out of action, and I've been off of TV due to just nothing, there's nothing for me. Oh, so yeah. it's not, wait, I thought you didn't, you didn't have a back injury or anything? No. Oh. Just at home. I was just at home. Oh, okay. Well, that's. I'd <laughs> rather be. Nothing for me. If I was gonna be at home, I'd rather be at home without a back injury than me with too. a back injury, yes, right? Me too. Me too. You can enjoy yourself. Me too. At least. I thought we talked about that story. Yeah, last we time did. I was on. We did. But I, they weren't all here. Oh well, I'll home. run it down real quick. So, we had an Australia tour, and the travel was absolutely insane, legit, like on an airplane every single day. And I came back to the states, and it was Monday Night Raw, and I really couldn't bend my back because I was just sitting on an airplane so long. And the doctor was like. <gasps> You can't bend your back? Oh, we're going to get you x-rays. You're going to be out. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Got x-rays, and it just determined that I had a bruised back. But I have bruised bones every single day. So I was out due to that. And uh, I just had to show the doctors that I could wrestle and take a bump. And that took maybe like a month to show them. They're just like, you need to rest at home, this and that. But thank God for our doctors. Uh, yeah. I, I needed the rest. My back was driving me crazy. But it was just because of the travel. And that's the hardest thing for me is the travel. I feel like I get injured way more just sitting in an airplane and, or sitting in a car for eight hours. You're just kind of like just crunched up like this and you're moving and you're sleeping like this and your neck and it just sucks. <laughs> That's the worst part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is really, I mean, we see people get uh, slammed and thrown off hell in a cells and things like that. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> you should sit in a car. Yeah, you should sit in a car worse. for eight hours <laughs> or fly 16 hours and not move. So. Um, do you have something and i asked you this the last time but a lot's happened since the last time is there you know i talked about the hell in a cell is there a thing right now that like you look at and you're like yeah that's that's what i'm standing on meaning like as in like what other matches or another match or like a goal that you achieved or like uh, because obviously the hell in a cell had to have been a huge oh, moment it was huge not only because it's a female hell, hell in a cell match but because you headlined the show you it closed was, we the closed show. it. That was the first ever time for a woman to main event a Raw pay-per-view. And it's so crazy. I found out just due to that Mick Foley promo. Like, they didn't come up to me and like, oh, you're going to be in a Hell in a Cell match. How do you feel? Do you feel comfortable? Do you want to do it? No, just from that promo. Like, wait, I'm going to be in a Hell in a Cell <laughs> match? What? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready for it, even though it's it's been a dream of mine. So, um, But it's one thing for it to be a dream of yours. It's another thing for it to be like, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, you're going to do it. That's so, um, so you're like you're like us in the sense that like we're watching this Mick Foley promo and we're like, wait, I think I know where this is going. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> a hell in a cell. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I mean, Money in the Bank was a big one for me, but SmackDown got it. Yeah. It. Which is awesome. They, they did an incredible. Um, I think for me, little goals is to 
uh, to main event, just house shows. Uh, the girls haven't closed a house show yet. Um, That's really interesting. And of course, to main event WrestleMania. That's a, a huge sure. dream. Sure. A huge, huge, huge dream. How did you feel about the decision? So when SmackDown did the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, yeah. Carmella was able to win because James Ellsworth, yep. a man, climbed the ladder. I know. <laughs> no chin. <laughs> he has no chin. Climbed the ladder and took the briefcase down. And a lot of people were upset about it because, you know, they thought it would be one of these moments that we've seen a lot of. Uh, uh, recently, yeah. How did where'd you land on that? Um, I was confused mm -hmm. just because then they did it a week later and she still won, but without him. So why couldn't she win without him the first time? Why wouldn't she? It's <laughs> a little weird. Yeah. Um, but knowing our company, everybody was talking about it, and that's everybody what they wanted. So yeah, everybody was talking about yeah. it. Is that the is that one of the tougher things psychologically? Like you were talking about not knowing you had a Hell in a Cell match mm -hmm. coming up. You were talking about joining Team Bad and not no, knowing where it's going. Yeah. The fact that things can be week to week, or maybe they're not, and you just aren't informed of things. But yeah. But the fact that as far as you know, <laughs> what you're doing is week to week, and it's live TV, so it changes All the time. constantly. Like yeah. Psychologically, that has to be insane. It is. It's very hard, and I think that's what was different about NXT, too. We kind of always knew where we were going, so it helped me prepare and think of ahead of time, like, how can I make this better? But when I go to Raw, it's legit, like, I have no clue what I'm doing, so I don't even know what to prepare for. I'm just kind of, like, handed something or told something, and I was like, uh, okay, I have one hour to get, oh, okay, all right, let's just do it. <laughs> so I, I honestly, I wish we had the opportunity to know what we're doing in the next three months. If, if we're going with the storyline, I would like to know, yeah, we're going with you and Alexa, and this is where we want to take it and where we want to go, instead of just being, oh, maybe you'll have a tag match, maybe you'll have a promo, maybe you'll have this random match that doesn't make any sense, or <laughs> who whatever. Knows? What? Who knows? Well, or you just sit in catering. Who knows? Playing devil's advocate, like, does it prepare you in a way for literally anything? That oh. you have to be ready? To, I, you don't know what they're going to throw at you, oh, so absolutely. you're now at the point where you can do anything. I and I think that's with all our superstars. Yeah. They, none of them know what's going on, so when you see Monday Night Raw, that's, we're all surprised, and sometimes we're even confused where we're going. Yeah, and maybe sometimes they don't even follow through with the storyline, which kind of sucks sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think a, a lot of fans have noticed too. I mean, and we talk about it how the the Sasha Banks career path goes a lot like this. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like <laughs> one week you're like, of course Sasha's the number one contender, and the next week it's like, well, Sasha's I don't know what Sasha's doing over there yeah. somewhere, and it's it's it can be a week to week thing. It is. Does that shoot your confidence? Meaning like, oh, I I, I can't tell where I stand, or is it another just scenario of uh, I'm just going to do what I'm asked to do to the best of my ability? A little bit of both, and I'll, yeah. be, I'll be honest about something, about my, I'm a three-time Raw Women's Champion, right? Yes. Yes. Which is awesome. Within a whole year, I was a three-time Women's Champion, which yeah. to me is a lot, but I'm a three-time, two-week holder of a championship. Right. So that took away my confidence so much because I thought... I was like, okay, I lost this the first time. That's fine. Then I won it back. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Maybe I can show them that I can keep it longer than two weeks. And uh, I don't know. Was it something with me? Or do they just want to keep on flipping, flopping? I don't know. Um, so the last reign, I wasn't used the Monday night. Mm -hmm. And then the following week, Charlotte closed out Raw, cutting a promo on her father. I run out and get beat up by Charlotte. And then the following pay-per-view, which was an Iron Woman match, 
I tapped out with one second left and went to overtime and tapped out. <laughs> right. So for me, you're telling me I couldn't hold on for one more second not to tap out, but yeah. then I still lose. And so it's, it's stuff like that that kind of really brought down my confidence. And I was like, maybe there's something wrong with me where they don't see me fit as a champion or legit, they just wanted to have all these different title changes and have people talk about it. Yeah, right. There's so, this other. There's this other. I mean, more optimistic view of we want this world to exist where you don't know who's going to win. Yeah. There's not a clear cut thing. Because I never knew it was going to happen. But then the last round, I'm like, okay, I got two more weeks to the pay per view. I might lose. I might win. I have no idea. And, and those things I didn't find out until the day of or the night of. And probably as a, somebody who grew up as a fan. You, more than being a four, five, six-time champion, you want to be one of those people who has the title for... A long time, right. not two weeks. Right. So for this match, this upcoming uh, Sunday, I, I really just want to show that I can do it, and I haven't won a match at the Barclays Center at a big pay-per-view either, so I just need to show to myself that I can do it, and I can show to the company that I can be a champion more than two weeks, and I want to be going down in history as the greatest women's champion of all time because I'm already going down as the greatest women's wrestler of all wow. time. Wow. Do you, so when you find out like the Mae Young uh, 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 classic is, is happening and it, well, it's happened, but it's getting ready to air. Yeah. So do you look at that as a positive? Like, yes, we're going to, this is just bringing more attention to the women and it's going to, it's women wrestling. It's yeah. not this other thing. Or are you like, Oh my God, like I have to continue to step my game up because. Well, both. Right. Yeah. I was uh, doing the Australia PR tour during that time and I was like, how am I not a part of this? I couldn't believe they booked it like that. And I remember I had Bailey FaceTime me just so I can watch one match because I'm like, um, I felt like I've helped so much with this woman's evolution and that we were doing something so special with the Mae Young Classic and having women who, man, they, they work their butts off for so many years just to try to get a look at WWE and women that you would never even think twice would even step foot in a WWE ring are in a WWE ring showing that women can do it better than the guys and I, I definitely know that we can do it better than guys every single week we want to prove that so the Mae Young Classic to me it's something so important and it shows just the fans and I, I think it just shows the company how far women are how far we've gone in the WWE it's incredible how do you feel as a private person how do you feel about being a role model? Because like that's that's how I don't want to say you're being marketed, but that's how you're being perceived as yeah. as a person who is a role model and a person who should be a role model. You've you've got Barbie dolls coming out in your know. likenesses. Oh. You've got I mean I mean it's it's everything, and it's obvious that WWE is going full force on hey young girls look at these women. Yeah. These are women that you should aspire to be. Is that tough? Because I think. A role model is not just an on-screen character, right? Oh, right. It, like, that's it's how you that, act off-screen. That's too. something that it, follows you. It is. It's it's very hard, but it's honestly the best feeling in the world. Um, when I went to Comic Con and I walked in and I saw this little girl with a purple wig, she was probably around six years old. And when I walked in, she just started bawling her eyes out. And I looked at her mom I'm like, "Is she okay?" She's like, "Yeah, she just loves you so much." I was like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> so then we went into the Q and A part, and I didn't see the little girl, so I just thought maybe she went to the bathroom. And next thing you know, I just hear this little voice saying, Sasha, I love you. <laughs> and she ran up to me and just gave me the biggest hug, and she wouldn't let go. And I was just like, this is the greatest feeling ever. The fact that I meant so much to a six-year-old that she's crying and she wants to dress up like me, like, that means a lot to me. And it means that I need to, you know, protect this image that we're trying to do and protect 
Um, this woman's wrestling, I feel like it's so important and it's so cool when I have fathers come up to me or even mothers say, I can watch wrestling with my little girl because of you. Right. So that's that's the image that you have in mind. Yes. And and I mean I would imagine too that an interaction like that is gonna make it so like, you know what, I'm not so caught up in the week to week. Am I being oh, used no. for this? Am yeah. I like look at like that? It's that's a real the life things. thing, right? Yeah, it's the little things that we get to do, like getting a Barbie or, you know, just the, the, the thought behind having a first ever woman's hell in a cell or a money in the bank ladder match, like regardless of the outcome or what's going to happen, just that standpoint alone and knowing what we're doing and accomplishing. And the May Young Classic, that's that means more than any outcome in the world. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, save for Kathy Kelly, who I consider more like a host, or a host, a host of this. You're the first female guest on a Summer Sam, so that's pretty. That's pretty iconic too. We're doing right? it. Right, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big, big deal. So, have you uh, have you worked on your uh, airport face at all? <laughs> <laughs> you mean this one. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> That's the one. What, you want me to talk about how much I hate being bothered at the airport or hotels? I would love for, I'd love I for mean, you to talk about that. <laughs> because there is, there's a, right, is. Right, there's a difference between like, uh, like a six-year-old coming up to you and being like, I love you, and then right. somebody coming up to you at the airport with nine eight-by-tens and being like, it's, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I have such a big, and I, I grew up a wrestling fan, so I knew that I wanted to meet all my favorite wrestlers, but always in the back of my head, I never thought in my life to be like, hey, they're gonna fly in. Maybe I should wait <laughs> at the airport for 12 hours at a gate. Hey, they don't want any sleep. Maybe go, let me go find their airport or their hotel that they're staying at and let me bother them. Like to me, that's, that's stalking. I don't tweet out what hotel I'm at. I don't tweet out what airline I'm flying out. I do tweet you what arena I will be performing at. Right. So I do expect fans at the arena and I, I'm so happy to sign at the arena. That's, that's fine because I'm telling you where I'm going to be at. If I see you in public, that's fine. But when I'm at an airport at four in the morning and I see somebody with a carry-on and then they open it <laughs> with a hundred <laughs> items of everyone and they're bothering everybody to get an autograph and right. then I see it on eBay, that's not okay to me. Sir, you are in the <laughs> arrivals. That is not luggage. Yes. You are not traveling and the, anywhere. The biggest thing for me, it's crazy. So I got a concussion from a referee. I don't know if you guys heard that story online. He gave me a shining wizard in a match, and I got concussed. So I got a referee did on purpose? Not on purpose, oh. but he has really bad eyes. So I got <laughs> flown home on a Monday. Monday, that's not normal. I usually get home on a Tuesday, but you guys don't need to know. On a Monday, <laughs> and there was fans at the airport with my stuff to sign, and, and I was signing. I was like, wait, how'd you guys know what time I landed and that I was going to be here? They go, oh, we called the airport and we asked if you're flying in anytime soon and give us a, a phone call. I go, give me this. <laughs> Leave me really? alone. Yes. Wow. Because that's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. That's private information. And to me, that's stalking. Yeah. It is creepy. Yeah. So when you when 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 the picture goes viral of you with the airport face on, oh yeah, are you like ah I don't want that image, or are you like no I want people to know? That's no, fine. Like if you keep on pushing my buttons, be like okay one picture, just one picture, one selfie. This is the face I'm gonna get because I'm not happy to see you. Right. If we have an autograph signing, if we're at an arena, I'm so excited to see you guys. I'm right. excited to see you right now. Right. <laughs> right. There's a huge difference. But four in the morning, I'm not. I'm not too happy. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's excited to see anybody at four in not the morning. Not four quite in the frankly. morning. No, especially since you just explained flying is worse than it's the a worst hell in a thing. cell. I hate so. flying so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. 
Is there, uh, is there anybody out there in terms of women who the WWE doesn't have that you would like to? I mean, I guess mm, I don't know. I guess you could include the May Young there's, competitors. I, yeah, and there's a lot of women that, that like I haven't have seen with. before, yeah. so I can't wait to watch and. and I get inspired off watching great matches, mm -hmm. so I can't wait to see the classic because I heard all the women have killed it. So um, it's hard because I haven't really got to see a lot of women in the independent scene lately. So I don't know You've who's out there. I've been very busy. Yeah, I don't know who's out there or, or who's the next best, best thing, but um, I'm excited for it all. I, I'm excited for competition, and I hope we get a lot of girls get called up because of it. How do you feel? Intergender wrestling has become something that people are doing on the independents now pretty regularly. How do you? feel about that because a lot of people have very mixed opinions about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, because it's weird. I, I Honestly, I want to be able to take on Roman Reigns. Right. He's way yeah. bigger than me. He's, he's huge. But I definitely take on Enzo. I get him <laughs> a heartbeat. So it's weird. I don't know. I don't know where we draw the line. Right. Maybe some kind of weight class Yeah, system. maybe there should be a weight class or yeah. something. Yeah, Well, it wouldn't make sense, right? A lot of the women could pop up on 205 Live. Yeah, Why not? Definitely. Why not? Would you fight Kalisto? I would love to fight Kalisto. He's so cute. He's one of my favorites. That's amazing. Uh, well, look, I'm sure that a lot of you have questions for Sasha Banks. Yay. So what I'd like to do, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and uh, we're going to turn the microphone over to you guys, do a little Q&A, get your questions ready. We'll be right back. It's Summer Sam. Sasha Banks is here. That's right. Stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> it's Summer Sam 3. We're at Caroline's on Broadway here in New York City. Woo! New day rocks. Always hear that too for the shows. <laughs> Sasha, ben <laughs> Sasha Banks just likes Chance. I really do love Chance. They're cool. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I hate to interrupt everybody's good time, but before we get to the question and answer session with Sasha Banks, uh, I want to talk about the questions that people have for me. Hey, Sam, what should I be betting on this week? What team is going to win? Well, you got the Patriots, you got the Steelers, Chicago, Detroit. I don't know. Who's going to win this thing, Sam? Well, I don't necessarily know myself. But where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. I'm not a sports expert, but I can tell you where to go when you get that pick. And that, my friends, is mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been the best in this business for years, and their reputation is the rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're going to be making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts ever. Seriously, it's two business days and you get your money. You already know who's going to win, right? So lay down some cash and win big today. It makes the game more fun. Like I said, I'm not the guy to go to to tell you who's going to win unless the answer is you. And that's by going to mybookie.ag. Uh, I'm only going to recommend a service uh, to my listeners that's, uh, been that I know is good, okay? That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. that you win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. So join now and my bookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Just visit mybookie.ag, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, Dot ag and use the promo code Sam Roberts. 
to activate the offer. You want that 100% bonus. You got to enter the promo code Sam Roberts. That way they they're going to know you're legit and you're going to know they're legit. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag promo code Sam Roberts. And now back to Sasha Banks. Uh, Sasha Banks is here with us, and we were just talking to her, but I wanted to give you guys the opportunity to also talk to the legit boss herself. So if anybody has any questions, you can raise your hands, <laughs> and the amazing Kathy Kelly will approach you with a microphone. My shirt. Where are you from? No, Long Island. Nick is wearing a, a Helena Cell shirt. That's right. Represent. Featuring uh, Sasha Banks in Charlotte. Did you, by the way, before before you, did you like that match? Uh, I'm so hard on myself when when it comes to matches. Uh So I actually didn't get to watch it back in full yet. Because you don't like to watch yourself back? Yeah, I get so nervous. I hate watching myself. Have you watched back the, uh, what matches of yours have you watched back? Um, Just NXT Brooklyn. That's Uh, what I was going to ask about. (laughs) What else? Um, You like that one? I do like that one. That's a good one. Trying to think what else. Um... Not too many. Not too many. Yeah. I need to, it, but it hurts my heart when I watch myself. I gotta go like this. I'm like, <laughs> All right, so what's going on? Nick is your name? Yep. What's going on, Nick? Questions about the Hell in a Cell. Was there any like spots that you and Charlotte pitched to, you know, the higher up that they just said, no way, too dangerous, or where you had like complete creative control? A lot of inside lingo there. Were there any, uh, any, any, <laughs> any moves or anything that you wanted to do in the match that was like a little too much? Um, I think the only thing that I really said no to was uh, when I pushed Charlotte off the table and she just bumped, I wanted to give her the double knees off, and they said it was too dangerous, and I was like, really? <laughs> so that would happen. That's oh. why there was just a little push. That was it? Yeah, that was it. Who else do we have? We have David. What's your question? How was it, how was it dancing with Rick Swan on Monday Night Raw? <laughs> Look, Rich Swan is a, is a hell of a dance partner. He's a great dancer, and it's so funny. Um, I remember, who was, I think it was Scott Armstrong was our agent, too, and he's like, Vince wants you to dance, so you're going to dance. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, I got back, Vince loved you dancing, so you got to keep on dancing. I'm like, all right, I'll dance all day. I was like, dance on. It was fun. I had yeah. a great time. Yeah, and that would also explain the uh, why the partnership lasted like a month. Yeah. Because somebody likes to watch <laughs> you dance. Someone loves dancing. Vince loves dancing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fantastic. Where's Kathy? Over here. I got are. Patrick from Queens. Ooh. How you doing, Patrick uh, Boulevard Bullies? Uh, I actually have a question for Sam. Oh. <laughs> okay, I mean... My I, Q&A time, but go ahead. I mean, yeah. we're big fans of yours as well, Sasha. You could have asked you. me yeah. whenever, I mean... Uh, well, Sam, I actually have a. I want to know if you have any advice for uh, startup wrestling journalists. Also, do you mind if you just could scream Onita for us? Well, I'm probably not going to scream Onita. Uh, but yeah, my advice for a startup wrestling journalist would be to get Sasha Banks on your podcast. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell me. you what, though. I'll tell you what. But not just like Sasha Banks because she's this big star. I mean, go and like recognize Sasha Banks from back in the day, announce that she's your favorite wrestler, find her in NXT, get her on your podcast, That's then, right. then have her on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Day one. Day one-ish, right Day, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Seth from New Jersey. Wanted to ask, since you're on Raw, how much SmackDown do you and maybe the other Raw superstars watch? 
You guys have like a, a raw roster party where you're all just, <laughs> everybody's coming over to my house for SmackDown. <laughs> no, usually when I get home, I always DVR SmackDown, so I always watch it. It's, really, it's one of my, I love that show. It's great. Two hours long, easy to follow. I love AJ Styles. He's my favorite. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of SmackDown. We did a, a, an interview, I think right before the brand split, and you talked about wanting to go to SmackDown, which I think probably <laughs> had a lot to do with like Eddie Guerrero yeah. and the whole legacy of SmackDown. Is that something that uh, you still have in you, or are you more just moving with what's moving? Kind of both. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I remember I, I really wanted to go to SmackDown, because I always just pictured SmackDown more of just the wrestling show. Right. Um, and then Raw happened, and... I feel like we we did a couple like run-ins on SmackDown, and I went there, and I just kind of felt like it was just too laid back. Like I kind of huh. like yeah, I like the rush of SmackDown. I mean, of Raw, and not knowing what you're doing sometimes, and just being thrown out there. And I felt like I felt like I was sitting backstage at SmackDown forever, and I was like, when do you guys do you guys do anything? <laughs> it was it was just too laid back for me. So wherever they take me, I'll go. Um, I really miss New Day. So yeah. I want to be reunited with them. I miss Tamina, and I miss Naomi, and I really want to be around AJ Styles. He is the best. I want to pick his brain. He's so good. He really is good. He's the best. I also, I kind of feel like you, you, you want to be drafted to like SmackDown in like 2003. You <laughs> yes, know what I mean? that's, like that's, that's the era that's, that I want. That's what for you're sure. looking for. Uh, Over here, go got Kelsey? Chris in, from Long oh, Island. Hi, Sasha. I'm a big fan. I'm representing House of Glory as well. Hell yeah. Um, I have a question. Uh, if there was a SmackDown, I'm sorry, Raw uh, Women's Tag Team uh, Championships, who would you, besides Bailey, who, who would you team up with? Oh, no. oh if you wanted to yeah. win the Raw Women's Tag Team Championship, you can't pick so Bailey. Damn it. Aww. So. <laughs> who else would I pick? Um, and obviously, you can't pick Rich Swan. <laughs> I think I would have to choose uh, Mickey James. Oh. Yeah. Good answer. What do you think about the, uh, uh, I've floated it around just as an idea, like people float around, like, because the women are so good, but split, like, do you think that the women would benefit from all being on one show, the way the cruiserweights are all on one show, or do you like that there's representation? I like that there's both. I think um, just having a, a woman's show, I don't know how I'd feel, just playing that like a woman's show every single week, maybe it'd be awesome. Right. But, but what uh, about if just like, if if, it, if, if the, the women were just together on one show? Right, the women are just on SmackDown saying the tag uh, teams are on Raw or whatever. I don't know. Just because we're getting two, well, at least SmackDown has two women's storylines going on. Um, <laughs> but I feel like we wouldn't be all used if right. we're all on just one show. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah that makes and like, sense. there's two champions, which are really awesome. So Naomi's right. the champion right now. I'll be the champion on Monday. Hey. That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> we got Derek from Staten Island over here. Just a real quick question. What do you think about women's Royal Rumble happening anytime oh. soon? That's another thing that's been floated around. I a women's that, Royal yeah. Rumble match. I think that would be incredible. I hope it happens and I hope they bring back Trish and Lita. Like I would love to have that happen and have all the old school women come back. Would you yeah. do a full 30? Oh, at, make it a 60. You do a 60 yes. women Royal Rumble. My cardio right. game is strong. <laughs> we got John from the Bronx over here. Who, who would you like to main event in WrestleMania? That's a great question, actually, because you said your goal was to main event WrestleMania. Yeah. 
But what do you want to do in that main event? Um, I would love to have the four-way with the four horsewomen. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's that headline match. Let's see, who's over here? Hey, it's me. I'm Frank. I'm from Astoria. What's uh, up? Let's go. Yeah. What's up, Frank? Right on the it's heels me, of talking, <laughs> <laughs> talking about the four horsewomen there. When will we have the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen Survivor Series match? Oh, he's talking, of course. And but, where do you fall on Ronda Rousey? That's a great question. So Ronda Rousey, of course, has the other the four horsewomen of MMA, one of which is in the uh, May Young Classic. Mm -hmm. uh, is that, I guess... The first question is, where do you fall on Ronda Rousey? Um, she's an amazing athlete. Um, she's changed the game. But I just feel like I keep hearing rumblings of that, too, which is cool. It's awesome. But we are the four horsewomen, and they're just fans. Wow. Yeah. And if they wanted to fight us, they need to get in the back of the line like everybody else, get a contract, train down at the Performance Center, get on NXT, and try to get called up, just like everybody else. I see. So, so as far as this game, Ronda Rousey is not quite on your level yet. No. No. She'll Love never that. be. Love that. <laughs> yeah, right? Who's next? Kathy, are we gossiping? Yes. <laughs> hey, Sasha. Hey, Sam. Hey, uh, man. Hi. Gabriel from Brooklyn. Uh, my question is, if you had a choice to wrestle Peyton Royce or Billy Kay when they come up, any preference there? Oh, I don't like to choose like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really is like uh, direct and leaving. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like I would this have to one better than that one. Um, Peyton Rice, because she just reminds me a lot of myself. Uh, we both love Eddie Guerrero, and I've, I've been in the ring with her before at house shows down in NXT, and she has a great mind. And I look forward to both of them being called up is there, very soon. Is there any, when you look at what's going on with the women in NXT right now, especially with like Asuka and Ember Moon and all these people, does it feel like, oh, I missed out, I wish I was there, or does it feel like, no, our class graduated and that's the next class? No, I, I feel like it's, it's time to grow up and move on. Um, I know for the first couple months when I got called up to the main roster, I was like, oh, I miss wrestling in NXT. Well, part of that was because so Bailey wasn't there yet either. That's true. Right. But um, I feel like the, the women's division down there hasn't really taken off the way that I would like it have, it, like it should have been. Sure. Um, and I would love to face Asuka. I mean, I don't understand why she's the longest reigning champion <laughs> because I'm not down there. But um, they have so many incredible women down there, and I just I wish they were used more. Yeah. 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 That's what I have to say about that. We have Samson from Brooklyn. That was a Forrest Gumpism. That's all I got to say about that. That's all that. I got to say. <laughs> How you feel when you debuted WWE? How did it feel? It felt um, it felt crazy. Um, I felt so scared, so nervous, and um, it, like I heard rumblings that we were going to be called up for a while, and I just didn't know. I had no no clue. So I, when I finally got the call from Carano, maybe the week before, he's like, "Don't tell anybody." Blah 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 blah. Um, and it kind of broke my heart because I was like, "Well, I'm going to tell Becky because she was my best friend." Mm -hmm. I told her, and she's like, "Oh, I got the call too." And I was like, "Oh, you did?" I was like, "Okay, I got to call. I'm going to tell Bailey." Like, Bailey, I'm getting called up. She goes, yeah, I know. Uh, and I was like, you didn't get the call? And she's like, no, but it's okay. And, like, like that just broke my heart in a million pieces. And it took me, like, so much courage to even tell her because I was so nervous. You didn't tell her Becky got called up, too, did you? No, I didn't. That would have been terrible <laughs> <timing>. <laughs> but, but I think Matt Bloom had the talk with her. 
before letting them know that these three are getting called up and you're going to stay down here and you know but it all works out yeah. and we're all up here together and it's it's incredible yeah who else is over there kathy we got jay from manchester england oh hello Ooh. hiya sasha england loves you england loves you uh, you're my favorite wrestler at the moment. Thank you. And for the I long time. Don't you don't um, qualify, dude, don't qualify compliments. Yeah. People do that to me too. I like like don't, at the moment, just say I'm your favorite wrestler, or she's your favorite wrestler. England is known for our partying. So how are you going to celebrate when you come the new women's champion on Sunday? Ooh, I'm gonna have a pizza like I always do, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a couple glasses of wine to make me relax. Okay. I love Not drinking. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm grown. I can drink. <laughs> Hello, Sasha. What's up? My name is Keon Torres. I'm from Harlem, New York. Hey. And um, <laughs> I don't, what's up, Sam? How are you? So, so um, my question it. is, where do you see women's wrestling going from like the next five to ten years? Oh, wow, that's hard, man. Because I never thought it was gonna happen, like be like this five years ago. So I think the sky's the limit. Um, they'll they'll definitely be tag team champions. Um, Hmm. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Anything that we want to happen will happen. I believe that. But tag team champions are the next. I feel that's like going to be the next, the next big thing. I feel thing. like that's the next big thing. We okay. need it. Yeah. We need something else to fight for than just the women's championship. Yeah. No, that's true. Especially as the rosters continue to grow and yeah. grow and grow and grow. I'm with Haven. Um, my question is: What is your dream type of match, and who would your opponent be? Um, a dream type of match. I think my just, of course, against Bailey. Um, <laughs> just a regular match with her, with no time limit. That's what. Just go. Just, just to go. Doesn't matter. What's been? Uh, what's, I gotta what, beat her somehow. What's been the uh, the match or the moment that's given you the most butterflies before you come out? Because there's been oh so many. Gosh. You know, you think about. We talked about NXT Brooklyn. Yep. There was the f first WrestleMania. There was getting called up. There was, I oh. mean, maybe it was the NXT debut. Who knows? That's like, what so was hard. Um, I feel like the first big one was um, my match against Charlotte at NXT TakeOver. I forget which one it's called. But the first one I've had with her. I remember just because that was my the first time to really show what I was able to do. And I was so nervous and scared. Um, gosh. Brooklyn was a weird feeling. I remember crying my eyes out, but then when I walked through that curtain, or drove through that curtain, <laughs> yeah. um, I had such, like that was the calmest feeling I've ever had wrestling. Like I've never felt so just like relaxed and at ease because of the crowd, just, they just erupted and I was like, wow, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be good. Yeah. Um, and of course, I think WrestleMania too. I was shaking. I was shaking. And I remember when I came back, I was just bawling my eyes out. And like Stone Cold Steve Austin gave me a hug, and I was like, "What? The, what is going on? <laughs> oh my God! Stone Cold Steve Austin!" How long does it take you to come down from that? From like the WrestleMania match, like because you're a wreck before. Yeah. You do it; it's successful. You come back, and like, how long does that process to just go back into normal? It takes a while, and it, definitely for me, because I felt like um, I personally didn't really like my performance in that match, so yeah. I was just like really disappointed. But everyone came back and was like. No, that was awesome. That was awesome. So it takes me a while to be like, okay, was it awesome? Did I do okay? Did this happen? It maybe it takes like a couple hours. That's why I need a glass of wine. <laughs> Every <laughs> night before I go to bed, I'm just like, I need something to unwind and just be like, get my mind off so much stuff. Yeah. I just think about it all the time. Like, wait, did I, did we get the reaction that we wanted? Did the fans care? 
just all that stuff. That's so interesting, though. It's like it's not so much like reflecting on like the things you've accomplished because you're still in the middle of it. Yeah. So it's like, is this working? Is that working? I got to keep going. I just want to have the best matches ever. Yeah. That's my goal. Well, hopefully you will have one of the best matches ever. Hopeful. At SummerSlam. Against Alexa Bliss. All the ingredients are there. I hope so. Let's give uh, a big round of applause to Sasha Banks. Thank you so much. Here is Sam Roberts. What did I tell you, huh? As candid and relevant as ever, Sasha Banks letting her true feelings known uh, about her short title reigns, about fans approaching her in the airport, about all kinds of stuff, live in front of a packed-out Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City in Times Square. I love doing these live events, mainly because of the reaction that the all you guys have, all you guys that show up to these things. I mean, everybody's they, appreciative. It's just cool, just cool about the whole process. And I always get questions about when I'm doing my next one. If you want to come see a live show and you're in the New York area, I know a lot of these live events are in New York, but I'm in New York. So that's why the live events are in New York, because that's where I am. Plus, there's a ton of venues here and people. And that's what you need to do a live show, a venue and people. If you're one of the people who wants to go to a venue in New York City, then make that venue the Now Hear This Podcast Festival. This is a great deal, right? Because what you do is you get a ticket to Now Hear This. It's like going to Comic-Con, except for podcasts. And podcasts are better than comics. Everybody knows that. It's 2017. So you get the weekend pass. There's going to be something like 25 shows doing live podcasts all weekend. Uh, Not only am I going to be doing it, but I'll be there with my wrestling podcast buddies, uh, Ryback and Pat Buck, as well as Colt Cabana. So if you go in one shot, you're going to be able to see back-to-back-to-back Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, Pat Buck and Ryback, and... Colt Cabana, uh, uh, The Art of Wrestling, all live, all in the house, and we're all buddies, so you know we'll be doing stuff with each other. It's going to be a, a really fun festival, and as if you needed more to go to this thing, uh, there's going to be shows like How Did This Get Made, Comedy Bang Bang, The Flophouse, Doughboys, and nearly 20 other shows, all performing uh, live shows all weekend. The best news, one ticket is going to get you access to all 25 live shows throughout the weekend and the first 100 people to use our offer code Roberts at checkout are going to save 20 bucks. That's Roberts at checkout. You'll save 20 bucks uh, or you can just get that one day ticket. You got a busy weekend? No problem. Get the one day ticket for Sunday and you'll be able to see back to back to back Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, Pat Buck and Ryback. And The Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana. It's a great deal. Make sure you use that offer code ROBERTS. Uh, It's September 8th through the 10th in New York City. You got to go to nowhearthisfest.com. Nowhearthisfest.com to get your tickets. That's nowhearthisfest.com. Enter offer code ROBERTS at checkout to save 20 bucks off a three-day pass. And I will see you uh, that weekend, September 8th through 10th. I cannot wait to be a part of the whole thing, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you, I don't know if you'll hear any difference in this show, but uh, I'm coming to you technically for the first time from the all-new Not Sam Studios. It's the same equipment as always. I'm in the studio that I've built really specifically so we can do stuff like this. 
Um, I haven't actually set up the electronics though yet. So I am broadcasting from the Not Sam Studios. Soon, uh, you'll hear a difference. I'll, I'll set the mics up. There'll be a video element, so I'll be able to start uh, videoing State of Wrestling every week. If that's something you're interested in, tweet at Not Sam and let me know. If, if you'd like me to video the State of Wrestling every week and put it up maybe like on Friday or something and you can watch it on YouTube in the Not Sam Studios, then... Uh, Hit a brother up. Let me know if it's worth my time to do it because I'm happy to do it. You know, I don't mind doing free content for you guys if it's something that you guys want to see. So just uh, let me know if that's something you're interested in. Now, this week in State of Wrestling, every now and then I got a bunch of, you know, I, I get really intrigued by people who are massive wrestling fans that make their bones in other walks of life. And... Some people will admit it and some people won't, but I feel like as time goes by, more and more people are out of the closet about it, are coming forward with it. And that's the case with Open Mike Eagle. I've known Mike Eagle for a long time. I met him uh, on a radio show. Back then it was called Ron and Fez. I believe that's where I met him. Uh, And I didn't really know he was a wrestling fan. I knew he was a radio fan and I knew he was a cool rapper. Like I knew he was really good at that, but I didn't know he was a wrestling fan. Until I saw him, I think a couple years ago, we ran into each other at a show in L.A. I think that's what it was. And from then on, I feel like any time, whether I was going to the Staples Center for WWE, whether I was headed down to Reseda for PWG, wherever I was in Los Angeles, there was Open Mike Eagle just going to check out the show. Not to perform, not to try to be a part of it, just to watch the show like all of us fans do. Uh, So I found out that Mike was going to be in New York City to promote his his album. He's got a new album coming out. And I said, dude, you got to be on State of Wrestling. People want to know your opinion. Because some of these guys, like, that, that's... I, I, I could have just had him as a guest on the podcast, but I like it. I think the State of Wrestling is the place where you guys get a gauge on how big of a fan a lot of these guys really are. And how uh, how much they're watching the current product. Because they are. And I wanted to get Open Mike Eagle's opinion on everything that's going on from the Sasha Banks stuff that even though it technically hadn't happened yet, we addressed in the interview, to John Cena and Roman Reigns' promo on Raw, to the lineup for No Mercy, to what's going on with Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable now on SmackDown, to Nakamura and Jinder Mahal's title reign and the Randy Orton match and all this stuff. I wanted to talk to him about it. So I decided to invite Open Mike Eagle to be a part of this week's State of Wrestling. So let's get to it, huh? State of Wrestling time, baby! It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. So State of Wrestling time, and you all know that uh, every now and then I like to bring in a special guest for the State of Wrestling, only perspectives that I trust, by the way. Uh, And today, Open Mike Eagle is here. I've known uh, Mike for a little while now. Through radio we met, Mm -hmm. but uh, he's a... He's a recording artist and a hell of a recording artist, but also a giant wrestling fan. And that's what all this is for anyway, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, the, I'm one of the biggest marks there is. So have you uh, done what a lot of musicians that are also fans do? Or like me, for instance. Like I work in radio, but the whole time, you know, when I started like years ago, it was deliberate. I was trying to figure out how does this connect to wrestling? How does it connect to wrestling and find my way in that way? Have you done that? 
within the recording industry? Uh, not so much. Uh, on my new album, though, I, I did make a very overt, an overture to, to the business. I have a song that uh, it's called No Selling, and it's this whole protracted <laughs> thing about that, but how like people do that in regular life. Yeah. And I did a video for it. It's not out yet, but it is like, like I play a ring announcer, right. a referee, a heel manager. Like I am all in it. It's a straight up, hey, wrestling industry come pay attention <laughs> exactly because sometimes you got to put the branch out there exactly. right like just so you guys know i'm a wrestling fan <laughs> right. like a big one yeah isn't it and and the no selling thing too is so funny because i find myself like in my regular life like you know because you see it like yeah. when somebody goes like uh oh you know they feel bad about something and you get they get they get no sympathy for it. I'm like, oh no, so huh? And they're like looking at me like, what are you talking no, about? No, I, I do. I try to bring it up in regular lingo. I try to introduce it into the lexicon. It's not working yet, but because I think selling, specifically no selling, is probably as far as wrestling lingo goes, the one that applies to life. Right. In one of the, I think kayfabe does too because everybody kayfabe. Everybody kayfabe. Everybody like you know everybody's got this image that they're portraying. But nobody understands the concept of kayfabe, so nobody right, nobody acknowledges word, yeah. nobody acknowledges that they're portraying this image. So like, I can't have this private aside and go like, "That was kayfabe," right? Because they're not even in their own minds right. acknowledging that yes, what I'm doing is just the same carny stuff that everybody else. Has does. Has anybody ever explored the origin of the word kayfabe? Has anybody ever done that? You mean in terms of what the I you know you, we know it comes from. Carney. Carney. Right. I feel like it's probably an acronym, but they don't want to tell us that either. You know, I found out recently that, uh, because it's got to stand for something, right? It's got to, because that's a weird. I'm sure I've heard it before, and I'm I'm sure we'll get tweets now. Yeah, I think Uh, it's like, keep all your F and A business (laughs) exclusive. (laughs) Something something like that. (laughs) Yeah. You know? I heard uh, the the definition, like the the origin of the term mark, Mm -hmm. because obviously it's also Carney. Right. But apparently what they would do in the Carney days was. And this is what I've heard. Somebody would, you know, be on the boardwalk or whatever, and they'd fall for a one trick the, or they'd fall the for a game. Yeah. And somebody would pat him on the back with his hand, you know, with mm-hmm. chalk or dust or whatever it was on it. So and then they'd walk down the boardwalk with a, a mark, mark on them. Yeah. So they'd go, there's one. There's a mark. That's We're beautiful. Yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that great? It is. So let's talk about what's going on right now. First of all, you know, we're only a week or a couple weeks, I guess, at this point removed. How did you feel uh, coming out of SummerSlam? Um, I felt very, very, very underwhelmed. By the show? By the show. I, I know the main event was incredible. Yes. But I think I poisoned the well with with actually watching the takeover before right. the summer. It was the takeover was so good. But I'll bet I'll bet if you took SummerSlam. I mean, I feel like more often than not, we have to rate four-hour pay-per-views right. like we look at a double album where you're like <laughs> if you just cut if all the fill there's a where is one a ama- like if you look at like uh uh you know even uh uh, uh blueprint two say mm-hmm. or or guns and roses right like you can you can there is an amazing album in one there incredible cohesive album if you right. take away and and i think if you took SummerSlam. And you condense it to the very best two hours, you might have a better show than Takeover. I'll tell you the problem with that analogy when it comes to wrestling is that you typically get one view through. You usually don't go back and watch them all. So, like, sure. what happens on a show like SummerSlam, four or five, you know, six hours, including the pre show, wow. there's like five title changes. Which, by the way, 
kudos to them for only making it six hours because WrestleMania was a lot longer. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, you, it's hard to know as you're watching what's important and what's filler. Right. You know? We can only tackle that a couple of weeks removed right. and be like, yeah, of course the fatal four-way, but we probably could have done without this and that. and Yeah. So what happens to me more often is a show like that. I remember the main event, but the rest of the show is like a haze to me because, like, nothing impacted me. Cause, and, and that's the thing about the title changes is I come away feeling like nothing matters. Right, right. I, I think as far as the title changes go, yeah, unfortunately, because that's the thing. Like, I thought the New Day and the Usos had this incredible match. such a great match. But four hours later, you forgot. <laughs> right. That's this show. I thought that was on Raw or something. Exactly. Um, I I thought that, uh, and I still think, I love Seth and Dean mm-hmm. as tag team champions. I think that like it's it's refreshed their characters. I think that the fans are more behind them as a duo as a duo yeah. than they were separately. Because separately, it was almost like. I'm behind this guy. I just don't quite know who he is right. for both of them at right. this moment. It wasn't always like that, but at this moment, that's what it was. They've until had, they, they came both together. had really rocky kind of character development ah. coming out of the shield, and had these really peaks and valleys. And and now, yeah, like you said, there's a synergy with having them together, and like they represent a brand, and, and it represents a brand of when we all used to really like everything. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. so, like it's a it's a good callback, and it's friendship and stuff. Like friendship in wrestling is cool. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah, because so, you feel like it's real, right? You feel like I don't know, because everything else is so transient, and everyone nobody trusts anybody. Uh-huh. So like when these guys go through this storyline and they bond in front of your eyes, you can feel like, yeah, I can I can get behind that. And you, I get you. And you're not watching these characters like, oh, I see the seeds being planted for a breakup, like you are with every other right group. Right. You're seeing, oh, these two guys are just bros, and they skip chapters so much now. If you look at um. Nia and Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. I feel like what happened at the end of Raw should have happened over like three weeks. You know, like Alexa wins the championship. Uh, then, you know, then Nia's around for a while and it can kind of tease out some sort of turn. But it's immediate. Yet you wonder if, because on social media, Nia and Alexa were best friends, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously backstage, that would mean that they're best friends. And you wonder if maybe because... The writers and Vince McMahon and all the people putting this show together have just known, oh, these two are best friends, that they almost forget to share that with us. You know, that makes a lot of sense because I don't I don't follow a lot of wrestlers on social media. Exactly. So I don't get that aspect. I only see the television program and occasionally somebody's weird Instagram video come across my feed or something where they're all hanging out. But for the most part. You know, I'm a Mark. I'm seeing I'm seeing it from a Mark's point of view. Yeah. And, you know, I did see that they had been kind of uh, in an alliance on television for a while. But I thought that they could have done a little bit more to bring, you know, to have that turn happen, especially after Alexa just wins the belt. And it wasn't like a cemented alliance on right. TV. Right. It was the whole time going. Nia, the entire time, wanted a title shot against Alexa Bliss. Right. So this idea. Right. So, th- so they didn't do the due diligence of. Taking just a couple weeks right. and they to really, establish like a, a, a friendship. Everything seems so rushed now. Even the matches that are happening right now, they seem really big. And mm-hmm. we just got out of SummerSlam, and we've already got Brock and Braun. We've already got Reigns and Cena. I'm glad you brought that up because that, to me, was I think one of the one of the biggest stories to talk about this week is like that. It is like they're building no mercy. I mean, wow, to be like this right? super show of a pay per view. And it does feel rushed to me. I was talking to, for those of you that downloaded uh, the Wade Keller podcast that I was on last week, I was talking to him about it, 
And I looked at this Roman Reigns and John Cena thing. So I watched last week when it was kind of there was a weirdness about them, but then they ended up teaming up. Right. And, and I go, OK, so maybe they're just planting the seeds right. for earliest Survivor Series. But I could see this going to the Rumble and into Mania. Right. Like, this is, a, is super a WrestleMania match. match. Yeah. And when I, when I kind of read on Twitter, because, again, it was announced on social media first that, no, we're doing it in four weeks. I was like, really? Yeah. Now, you're, we rushed right into it. But I mean, we really got to the meat of, oh of that. God. If you're talking about storylines as, like, a novel, we got to the meat of it. This week, real fast. Now, what did you think as a guy? You've watched wrestling for how long? Oh my gosh, uh, I can't remember a time in my life where I really ne- didn't watch wrestling. Right, and so. it's been consistent. You didn't do that dip out period. Uh, I did a dip out when I didn't have cable in high school. But other than <laughs> That's that, not up to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. As soon as I could find it again, then right. I did. Right. So you're still a fan. Yeah. You just you're not paying for cable no right now. Yeah. 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 I had no access. Um. So, so then, uh, uh, uh you know that that. These things can build. What did you think of of the Roman John Cena promo? There's a theory going around right now. You know, I don't like that theory. Uh, what, the theory of it being completely scripted? Yes. That, I don't like that. And yes. I, it doesn't make sense to me. It mm. doesn't feel right. Now, I know I can get worked just like any other market sure. get worked. That's the business. But I don't – my senses say – and yeah. I've watched – Hundreds of hours of wrestling promos. Why I ask. Exactly. Yeah. I, I do not. Because if you're like, yeah, I've been watching for three years, I'm like, well, I'll just give you my opinion <laughs> then. <laughs> but no, I mean, th- there was not even in just the substance of especially what Cena's saying and his style that he was saying it too. He was stepping on a lot of Roman's lines. Yeah. And like really saying things to get in his head that really seemed to be in that moment. Like, you know, find it. It's a promo. Learn it. Like, that's weird. Like, that's, that's way inside. That is so like that is that is shooting. That is yeah. shooting in the shootingest sense. And um and, and it left me very uncomfortable, actually. Like it reminded me a little bit of uh, when Cena and Rock had their program. And because Rock is a part timer, he's basically allowed to say anything. Right. And I'm looking at Cena basically step into that role right now. He's 100%. untouchable, right? A hundred percent. And you're looking at Roman's face and you and Roman's like, you can tell the gears are turning like, can I really say whatever I want here too? <laughs> yeah. Because I gotta come back here next week. Like he right. doesn't, I don't I don't know if he knows what his boundaries are, and I think that's kind of an unfair position to put him in. I think so too, but Roman's got I think Roman has to get to the point in order to win over fans, because that's what he has to do here is win over fans. The same way John Cena had to win over fans because The Rock had them. And John Cena now is in this position where even though he gets booed, it's not real booze. Everybody loves John Cena. You know what? I would would agree with you until Raw of last week. Until well, yeah, but I thought that the the boos that John Cena was getting last week were Roman's boos. Like they were booing the idea of John Cena and Roman together. You know what? I think they made a huge, and I, I don't mean to go on too much of a tangent, but I think they made a huge mistake last week by having Cena come out first. And Cena really came out and right. he talked. He talked and talked and talked, and I think he came out with this thought that he was going to be able to connect. With this crowd, but I think all of his stuff was missing. Right. So then, by the time Roman's music hits, people are just done. Which in New York, yeah, right? exactly. And and most of the audience, most of the New York audience, is pretty smart and is on the internet and is reading that, in their opinion, or, or in, in in whatever the rumor mills uh, uh, reports are, that John Cena just buried Baron Corbin. Right. 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 And so, right. like this, this is on 
John Cena. I, I would agree with you. I don't think that the promo was scripted on Monday. And the reason that I didn't think it was scripted wasn't – it was partly because of John Cena. Mm-hmm. But I thought really – if you looked at Roman Reigns' eyes, and right. you know as a performer, right. there's, there's a when, – when somebody has made you feel naked right. in front of an audience, right. like they've taken that away. Like, you know what I mean? Like you are no longer this guy. That deserves to be in front of an audience. There was a look. It was it was a glassiness in his eyes, like he had he had, he had like he was trying to fight back tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we've all been there yeah. as this like, oh my god, I don't have command over this audience anymore, and I don't, I shouldn't be here right now. That split second when that happens, and then when he got out of it, he called he said bitch what? like three times, yeah. and not in, not even in an effective eloquent way in a way that you would imagine if that big Samoan dude got angry right he would start using it he didn't come across as a guy who had control of his he words lost his composure he came across as a guy who was like I don't do this talking bullshit <laughs> I beat up people like and and by the way it was great like like I, when it. he got there I I was glad and it almost I was like I was like okay because I it is it is John Cena versus the rock all over again which is why it's weird for it to be happening at no mercy. Right. But I feel like Roman needs that moment that John had when The Rock had his promo on his arm. Yeah. And John called him out because you remember. I mean, that was so. That was a big deal. That was a moment because you could see on The Rock's face yes. that he was legit pissed. Yep. And then when he clo- when John Cena left the ring and The Rock, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, and The Rock closed that promo, he was stuttering and stammering. Yeah. And it was like, you don't see that from the rock wow you know and i think that that's that's the moment that john that the roman needs against john cena where it's like look i'm in this position where i'm damned if i do and i'm damned if i don't because you're right like what can i say because i do have to come back next week but if i don't say it and this doesn't work john's not getting blamed for this right i'm getting blamed for this so i i think the best thing that he can do is ruffle some feathers and and just you got to go all in on this. I, one. I think you got to. I, I agree. It's just I think it's really tough for this new generation of guys that have been brought in ever since NXT with this bullet point, bullet point, you know, scripted yeah. down to the letter promo, and then to all of the sudden be in that situation with one of the better talkers of the modern era Definitely. when it comes to like a passionate promo and somebody who can say whatever he wants exactly i think that's just uh to me because because there was that feeling of exposure that happened but yeah. i felt like what was exposed to me was like seen as like superstar privilege gotcha you know, versus versus reigns's I, I do think there's def there was definitely uh, issues with him not being ready for that moment but i also feel like he's just had zero practice in that sort of environment like because it's roster, all been bullet point bullet point, right, bullet point who on the roster is able to just confidently go off the head with a promo in the ring. It would have now. to be somebody like a Kevin Owens who's right. done it for years. Right. Right. Leading who's witty to and, and who's a, who has it, yeah. was a promo guy on the indies yeah. before he got here. That's, like that, guys, that's a great point. Guys like that that have hours and hours and hours and hours of experience. That's why CM Punk could do it. Right. That's why I think Daniel Bryan could do it. Yeah, I mean, on Talking Smack, he was doing it. And, exactly. And, and all, which reminds me of The Miz also. He's excellent. The it. Miz has gotten... I yeah. think The Miz has reached uh, uh, I don't give a fuck-ness yeah. level where it's working for him and he knows. And, and, and I think he's on a, a career hot streak for the last, like, year and a half or so. But I think he he's... 
he has real emotions about these situations Miz? that he knows. Yes, that yeah. he knows how to tap into as well. Yeah, in a and in, in a way where he can he can get the storyline over with his real genuine emotion. Right, where a lot of the guys don't seem to have that sort of acumen. Now. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Roman is in a position though where he's got to he's just got to do it. He's got to suck it up. And you're right, he doesn't have experience. But I think. He came out of it okay. Like yeah. he came out pretty strong, and a lot of people said that it was, you know, one of if not his best promo ever. And I think that John is not a terrible John Cena is not a terrible opponent for him because John Cena does have a lot of things that you can turn the crowd against him for. Like mm-hmm. there are things you can point out about John Cena that will make the crowd cheer for I you. I mean, he's wearing a bright orange shirt right. and khaki shorts. Right. <laughs> like, See, there, there are weaknesses I there. Mean, but you, it, you you brought up a great point about the comfortability factor because you're, you're definitely right about the practice not being there. But Seth Rollins, on the interview that we aired last week, so if you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it, he talked about how a lot of the uh, older guys, the Attitude Era generation, right. are saying – you know, you got to take a chance out there. You can't stick to the right. script. You got to do this. You got to do that. But what he said was that was easier to do when there was somewhere else to go. Right. Competition is in such a way where if you rub people the wrong way, if you go in with a chip on your shoulder that's too much of a chip on your shoulder, you know, they'll let you go because nobody is more valuable than the company. I think, like, at any moment, that is true now more than ever. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, there's I no place like to go. They do specific things to make sure that the company stays bigger than any one person, too. I, I feel like they heat guys up and then they kind of put a ceiling on it. Right. In a lot of senses, too, because they don't want anyone to be able to be untouchable. Which is probably, I mean, which is self-preservation in a way, too. Because I mean, if they just allow stars to get as big as big can get. They're the ones that have to keep the show going, right? Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon and the people putting the show on are the ones that have to keep this thing in business. If they just build a guy to be bigger than the company, he's leaving. He's not staying. I think what what ends up happening, though, is the product ends up suffering because these writers and Vince, they have all the ideas in the world, but the performer actually has to go out there and execute and find ways to connect with the crowd. Mm-hmm. And if they're not allowed to do that, I feel like then we just get theater. We're not, we're not getting like... I see. We're not getting that genuine access into people's personalities. It turns them into bona fide superstars. Right. Wrestling is this weird theater where... Even as an adult, like it only really, really works if you can lose your suspension of disbelief. Whereas when you go see a play, at no point, at no point when you see a play, do you think that that's real life happening on stage? You know there's a performance happening, but you enjoy it in a different way. With with wrestling, it only gets that reaction that we all talk about, that that John Cena Roman Reigns, the reason that we're talking about it so much is because we go, wait, I know the rest of it. But, but that, that was, was real. real. <laughs> yeah, that's those are the moments. The, you know, CM Punk's pipe bomb, right. the NWO, DX stuff, mm-hmm. Mr. McMahon and the Montreal Screwjob. Like all this stuff is like because that wasn't wrestling. That was real. Mm-hmm. ECW's whole reputation was no, no, no. WWF and WCW are fake. ECW, they're really it's real. Right. You know you what can't I mean? Fake a staple gun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? Exactly. Uh, how did you feel about? Uh, Sasha Banks. We just played the interview oh, with Sasha Banks from uh, Caroline's, and ironically, 
This was before SummerSlam, so it's before she'd won and lost. Oh, my goodness. And this is what... Don't think that these interviews that I'm airing are, like, months and months old, okay? <laughs> this really just happened. You got your finger on the button. Yeah. The interview just happened, but since that... And that is really the point, isn't it? That since the interview that just happened oh was God. recorded, she has won and lost the Raw Women's Championship for, like, the fourth, fifth time? I think fourth time, maybe fifth time? I just... I, I get to this place where I look at the product that, that we're consuming and you look at a performer like her and works so hard and um, there's a lot of obstacles to really connecting with a with with a character, you know, coming out of the Divas era into, you know, the the, the new, more athletic way that um, women are presented. And Sasha, you know, aside from Charlotte, who I also feel like is kind of like taking a, a level down lately. I think with Charlotte and maybe this is me being an optimist. I think that that they're waiting. They're biding. Okay. Charlotte is simply they're biding their time. That's why she's not in the main event scene. She's not even discussed in the title picture. The right. title picture is like, uh, you know, Naomi and Natty, and now you know, Lana and Tamina and stuff right. like that. And I think that I think that they're waiting on the Charlotte thing. That. I don't have a problem with. If, if, and, and honestly, if, if Sasha had spent the last six months doing what she was doing with Rich Swan or something like that, right. I'd be like, okay, like I like Rich Swan. She looks like she's having a good time when she's dancing. Right. And maybe they're letting Alexa Bliss have some shine. They're doing a thing with Nia Jax, and they're biding their time because they know what they have with Sasha Banks. As opposed to – I mean somebody on Twitter was like, there's nothing wrong with being a transitional champion. And, like, you, it's not a transitional champion if you're transitioning from Alexa Bliss to Alexa Bliss. That's not, <laughs> that's not a transition. Like, that's not what that means. You're not. You're not. If you're transitioning to and from the exact same person, that's and, not and what that, that is. And that has been her story, right? Like, all the other, well, the, all the other losses to Charlotte and then this one right. is from Alexa and back to Alexa. Right. I mean, and the whole thing about them on air bringing up that she's never had a successful title defense. Two weeks in a row. And then and then actually having her go out there and lose again. Like, what am I as a fan supposed to feel about this performer? Like, the, you know, this works when we're all emotionally invested. Yeah. And we can get behind a character that's strong and skilled and is winning. But when you give us this information, like – Okay, so I'm supposed to think that she's kind of a loser and just lucks into some championship sometimes that is not really good yeah. enough to keep him. Like, what what am I supposed to feel? And and what do you feel when she wins the championship again? She's gonna lose it the next eh. day, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, but that's not real. Oh my god, she's probably just transitioning back to the exact same person. I, like, I, ah, I, 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 it confuses me. Yeah, it confuses me because like I feel bad for this person playing this role like i feel like they're making a fool out of her like i don't i don't i don't know what the purpose is and and i think that like wins and losses and i've talked about it before really matter they do wins and losses matter to the point where and by the way this isn't a slight on alexa bliss because i think she's a great choice to be champion and and she is in this conversation with Sasha Banks. Like, if it's not Sasha, it's Alexa. If it's not Alexa, it's Sasha. If it's not Charlotte, like, I put Alexa Bliss in the conversation with Sasha and with Charlotte. Like, like right. Alexa is that good. Yeah, she's amazing. And I think she's awesome, and I like that she's champion. But the conversation is about, like, what is what is what has it done to other people? And, again, like, 
you look at Sasha, and the next time she wins the championship, you've now got this reaction where we've clearly defined that you've never defended the title successfully. And now you, after we define that, you did not defend the title successfully. So the next time you win the title, which is inevitable, we're not going to feel like this is a long-term thing. You know what I found myself doing? What? When she got pinned, when that third hand went down by the referee. You know what I did? I looked immediately at Sasha's eyes. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to see if she was wearing this humiliation on her face at all. And I don't think that's where you want me to be, WWE. I don't think you want me to be looking as opposed to looking at the new champion you're like right how is she dealing with this right now and not like how is the character dealing with this? how is the person right dealing with this how is mercedes dealing with this not sasha banks emotional roller coaster that they're putting her on completely like they're doing this they're writing this and we are watching it and consuming it and we want to have somebody to cheer for yeah and i mean and you heard based on you heard in the interview that that she's not uh even sort of thrilled about it but Fairly to me, similar thing happened with Bailey mm-hmm. around the time of Extreme Rules, and I think that so so this is this is just an illustration of why wins and losses matter. That at Extreme Rules, you built up this uh, uh, kendo stick on a pole match, right, right. with Bailey and Alexa Bliss, and the whole match was predicated upon the fact that Bailey could not get hardcore. She right. can't get hardcore. <laughs> she's too nice, right? You remember that? Yeah. And it was one of the builds to it was. Are you one of the worst segments in the history of Raw, it's which is the bad. thing. So we get to Extreme Rules, and we find out that Bailey cannot get cannot hardcore. Get like, hardcore. it is exactly. <laughs> we're like, oh. So they were right. So then what happens? A little time passes, and Bailey, after losing that one, then wins this time. So now she's going to be the number one contender at SummerSlam before she gets injured. And I think that... Uh, a lot of the voices of the fans were saying, we don't want Bailey to get the title shot at SummerSlam. Right. We want Sasha Banks to get it, not because we don't like Bailey. And by all the fans, you mean Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> he did point that out. But he's right. No, absolutely. I mean, not because we don't like Bailey, but because we've been conditioned to know that Bailey isn't going to get the job done right. as the character. Right. So now we want to see Sasha, right? So now you do a similar thing to Sasha in pointing out what this weakness is there and it hasn't gotten better. And now it's like the next time, like who's your next good guy? And I'll I'll tell you the damage that it does too is that part of – one of the edicts that you always heard about traditional WWF, WWE booking is they never – they would never have a babyface lie. Like if a babyface promised something, then they had to deliver it. And now, basically, in, in these two storylines, <laughs> your <laughs> heel doesn't lie, yeah. and your babyface comes up short. Like yeah, she told you. She told, <laughs> she she told she, you, right? She told you she was going to come up short, so of course she is. I, and you know, and, 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 like, and it's, it just kind of plays into this, this kind of emotionally confusing track we've been on, I feel like, for the last, like, five years, where just the heel babyface lines are so skewed and smeared. But it's not like the, uh, the uh, uh, Shades of Grey. Like the attitude era. No. It's like, I think you're just not defining your stories here. Right. It, it seems like you're trying to leave all your options open. <laughs> Every week. Every week. <laughs> Every week like, yeah, open. but I don't really <laughs> want to commit to that. I mean, who's who's the longest title holder right now? Um, well, who's got it? I, Brock? I guess, well, Brock. I guess it would be Brock because he's not around. 
Right. But even that's only since WrestleMania. Right. It's not right. like there's any sort of. He, he's I mean, Oscar was right. If you're talking about NXT, but NXT is booked right half the time. Right. So like, but NXT also does have this this advantage yeah. of number one feeling smaller, so we take ownership of it. But number two, an hour a week, pay per views are two hours every quarter. Uh, you know what though? I got to tell you, I watched that takeover, and typically I don't watch NXT from week to week. Mm-hmm. I watched that takeover. And there were matches with people who I wasn't even familiar with, but I was emotionally invested in these matches because of the stories that were told in them. Like, yeah, no, you're right. And then you skip to SummerSlam the next night, and there's these are all the characters with which I am fully familiar, but I feel nothing. I feel like yeah, you don't even really get matters. Like, what's the story? Are are we just going to change everything tomorrow anyway? I cheered for Sanity, and last time I saw them, they were the most dastardly (laughs) heels there were. And now. Now, is this because of the packages they play in advance, or are you watching the think, match and seeing I the story? I think I'm watching the match and seeing how they're building this match around yeah. these emotional access points for the fans in the building, Plus and I get on board. And there's cool little things. Like, how great was that spot at the beginning of the tag match where right. Eric Young does the flip out, and since they haven't tagged in yet, it's still legal. Oh and it's God. like, that's so, like, to be doing things that we haven't seen before, Still, yeah, it's kind of amazing. And how do we not get any of that in the yeah. main product? Like none of that sort of thought. Although, I mean, if you, like, no mercy is going to be paper. It's going to be the pay per view of the year. If you're talking about, you're talking about Braun versus Brock, which is uh, why? Why is this why not, so why early? Is this not waiting till WrestleMania Survivor, Survivor Series, series even. I'd be okay. John Cena versus Roman Reigns, and one would assume. Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. Does Vince McMahon think the world's going to end? <laughs> he maybe is that, he does. Is that what's happening here? Maybe he does, or he just like maybe he started looking at SmackDown as like real competition. Like he doesn't realize that he also owns <laughs> that, and he just wants to crush him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he wants to put on a show that they simply cannot match. <laughs> it's like oh, it's like but that goes against you. To, oh my! God. To do that, what do you think about uh, about? What's going on on SmackDown? So I guess next week we've got Randy Orton versus uh, uh, Nakamura to find out who the number one contender is. Ugh, that's a that is a I, look. It's cool. It's cool to watch Randy Orton versus Nakamura. I don't know if that's cool. You don't know. Because there's a chance that Randy Orton might win, and like that already that already bothers me. Like right. I feel like Randy Orton should be very far away from Nakamura. I didn't see all the SmackDown last night, but what I did see was that they ended with a tag match. Is that right? Uh huh. And I feel like when it came back from commercial, it was the end of Shinsuke's entrance. Like we didn't get to see his entrance. Right. See, that's a problem. You want it every week. Well, look. He he doesn't speak English very well, right? And they don't really let him dominate within matches, right? So what else does he have? Yeah, he needs that entrance. He needs the entrance. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny thing if to I point can't out. Sing along with the entrance. Yeah, buh, buh. <laughs> <laughs> I do all that stuff at home too. I do the Finn Balor arms at home. I do it all. Man. I saw somebody sent me on Twitter a guy, uh, and if if you're listening to this, you can resend it. And I'll, I think I retweeted it, but I'll retweet it again. A guy used a lights in his computer to set up like a red light show around his TV when Nakamura comes out, oh, so he can have his own Nakamura entrance in his house when the guy comes out on the TV. That's amazing. It really is. Did you? Uh, uh, yeah. So 
you know, I uh, it's it's. I, gender as champion has been has been interesting. It has because it's like I yeah. I I see a lot of potential in gender. Me too. And I don't I, think he's bad at anything. I don't think so either. And I honestly don't even mind him as champion. I think that that's a that's a cool bad guy champion. I said this before, but uh, I think that like the sort of uh, anti-American foreign bad guy, it feels fresher because I think there's. At least what appears to be more uh, actual culture mm-hmm. involved in the gender character than there would have been five or ten years ago, right? right? It would otherwise it would have just been a guy in a turban with an Indian accent doing Indian things. Like now, there's actually like stuff mm-hmm. from the culture being put into this thing, and I've liked all that. I just still think that because he hasn't been able to beat anybody clean at all. It's made me it, it lose a little faith in the whole idea. Like, it, like I go in thinking this will probably be some kind of – he'll hoodwink this guy and get another victory. He'll hoodwink that guy. And at some point, like with a bad guy champion, I want a good guy. When it's finally time for him to lose the title, I want a good guy who's got to conquer mm-hmm. the mountain. He's got to climb Mount Everest to get up there, not just – you know, find a distraction for the Singh brothers so I can beat this guy like everybody else could, you know? Yeah, you know, I get it, though, because I think that because of what you said about the culture, they're trying to balance that out with the healness of the Singh brothers, right? So, yes. So, like, they're trying to make sure that you know, yes, uh, he's he's a, a foreigner, and because and, I do think that there's a little bit of a problem. It, it I have a hard time booing his culture, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like right. he comes out and celebrating when traditional Indian dance. And so you're, song, not there, and I'm you, not, you're not there booing the poor old woman singing the Indian <laughs> national anthem. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. I love, I love, cause they did the same thing with that Alexa Bliss thing we were talking about earlier. I love when they hire people from outside the business. <laughs> that are like sweet old ladies or whatever, and just put them in positions where they're going to get booed by 20,000 people. I think that's funny. Cause you look on their face, they never see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> they never see it coming, and it's like do a little homework. But yeah, so so you know, I, I do think that there's a little bit of a, of a of a psychological block to just straight up booing his culture on display. So they have him cheat with the Singh brothers to kind of reaffirm his badness every time. Right. What I what I'm concerned with is if and how he's still presented to be a main eventer after he loses the title, like. I yeah. wonder how that's going to look. You know, that's interesting. That's a great point because we've never been in a scenario where a guy was not a main right. eventer before winning the title right. and then had a significant run. Exactly. And this is this is now a significant run. He's right. beaten two, you know, he's beaten Nakamura, he beat Orton. Um, so three times he yeah. beat Orton. And, he, and he's being positioned with the Singh brothers to look like he can continue to win. So how does he not go back to Kurt Hawkins' territory? right. right. By the way, Kurt Hawkins probably had the social media post of the week this well, what week. Is, what did he do? So did you see the spot in the Battle Royal on Raw where everybody yes. just picked up Kurt Hawkins and threw him up? I, 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 that popped me. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. So wait to hear this. He got a freeze frame of that image of everybody holding him up before they throw him over. Mm-hmm. And then next to it, he had a freeze frame from WrestleMania 10 of all the good guys holding Bret Hart up after he won the title. And he said something to the effect of, like, I want to thank my locker room for congratulating <laughs> me on my <laughs> I it love, was perfect. I really I love this Kurt Hawkins heel character, but you know, um I I think it's funny that 
for that run when SmackDown after the brand, the brand split when they were building up all these guys. Like Kurt Hawkins is a guy who we had like I feel like a couple months worth of teasers for. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they brought him in and jobbed him out like immediately. Yeah, like like wow. I wonder if he knew that that that's what they were gonna do. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I kind of knew it, <laughs> <laughs> but but I love. I think. Hawkins, and he's been on the podcast before, and go back, the interview's on YouTube, or you can go back and listen to it on the podcast, and he has the most healthy perspective okay, that's great. out of that whole thing, and I think part of that is because he left and had a, had a good run on the indies right. while he was gone. Like, he was making the same money he was making in WWE, he was a name on the East Coast, like, he had a really great run just being Brian Myers. So now he doesn't mind being that service guy. Well, he doesn't think of himself as a service guy, he goes, okay, I have... X amount of time on TV. They're still giving me a microphone. Yeah. They're still giving me an entrance. They're letting me do this. Like, let me just make the most of my time. Right. Like, let me be the best of this piece of the puzzle. Uh, so, he absolutely is. Yeah. Without a doubt. Like, yeah. I, I, I delight seeing him out there and me what too. he's going to say. He's like, oh, you're going to beat me and go on to get a championship <laughs> opportunity too? Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm here for. He's the star maker. <laughs> right. That's great. It's great. And he yeah. commits to it and, like... I believe when he talks in the ring, I believe that Kurt Hawkins thinks that he's going to win. <laughs> and I don't think he's going to win. And none of the fans think he's going to win. But when Kurt Hawkins is, I go like, what's got him? It's like Conor McGregor leading up to the Floyd Mayweather right. fight. Like, you're like, I know. I know <laughs> he's going to get knocked out. And then you listen to Conor McGregor talk and you're like, what? But why is he that confident? Right. He must know something that I don't know. And I feel like every time Kurt Hawkins has a microphone... I get that same feeling. Like, he must know something. He must have a trick up his sleeve this week. And then he doesn't. And 107 then... matches in a row. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to put Kurt Hawkins over somebody. And it's going to be the most confusing thing ever. Yeah. And they're going to put him over somebody. And then the next week, he's just going to go back to losing. And you're like, why? Why? Well, uh, Shelton Benjamin is back on SmackDown. No, okay, I didn't see. What, did he have a match? Yes, he did. Uh, he and uh, Chad Gable had a match against the Ascension. How was that? It was great. Okay, I'm okay. super happy that Shelton Benjamin is back because somebody on one of these podcasts I did, it might have been Stone Cold's podcast. I don't remember which podcast, but somebody asked me like what my favorite match was, which is always, always a tough one for yeah, me. for sure. But I, I will never forget. I was in college at the time, and so I was still watching. But, you know, you're in your early 20s. Somewhat distracted by You're life. distracted. Yeah. You also feel like you're smarter than the product right. and all this stuff. And, and I'll never forget watching Shelton Benjamin fight Triple H on Raw. And it was the main event of a Raw. No, that was, was an incredible match. Probably 2003 that. or 2004 or something like that. And, like, I was just watching literally on the edge of my seat. Not figuratively, literally on the edge of my seat, jumping up and down, being like, oh, my God, I think he's going to win. Yeah. And, like, the match was incredible, and you believed that Shelton could win, and you saw this star being born. And from that point on, Shelton was, like, one of my guys. Yeah. I was like, he, he can be that guy. And I think that for whatever reason, he fell off towards the end of his WWE run. I mean, I, he, has, you know, he has a hard time on the promo aspect, man. Yeah, he does. He's challenged on the promo aspect. Which is why Team Angle was so good for him. Yeah, Team Angle was incredible. But, like, yeah, I thought the gold standard stuff was not good right. when he died. And I didn't like it when he dyed his hair. I'm like, what are you, <laughs> he doesn't need any of that. Like, he's awesome. But Chad Gable... I like Gable. Did you watch... Because uh, you said you don't watch NXT week to week. Did you watch Jordan and Gable when they were a team in NXT? 
I saw when they were already a team, but I guess there was some story around when they first got put together that I didn't see. Did you watch their promos? No. So Chad Gable is good. Like, Chad Gable has a lot of personality. He would constantly just be, like, dropping puns out of nowhere. He seems he was, funny to me now. He was, yeah. <clears throat> and he's done great on SmackDown. Right. First of all, as a singles, I think Chad Gable is... Chad Gable is better than Jason Jordan as a singles guy. I think so. I think he's awesome. He's a lot more dynamic, for sure. Yeah, and I think he's got this amazing personality. So I, I, I'm optimistic about the... And I'm optimistic about a lot of things. But I'm optimistic about the pairing of Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable because I think... Shelton Benjamin's amazing. What music did they come out to? Do you remember? I don't. Okay. I guess... No, cause it'd be weird if it was the American Alpha music. It'd be very weird. Yeah, I don't remember. But um, but I think that Chad Gable can be a mouthpiece and, and, and make up for what Shelton doesn't have in the promo regard. And, you know, Shelton's been around for a while, but he still looks great. He still moves awesome. Like, it didn't feel like... He was in Japan a while, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, he was doing stuff all over. He's definitely kept busy. That's good. So it didn't feel like I was watching sort of the shell of this guy who I thought was the man back then. It felt like, okay... I'm interested, and it's also, I think it'll be cool because Chad will probably develop that sort of mentor-mentee relationship, because Shelton Benjamin doesn't come in as an equal to Chad yeah, Gable, he's a generation removed, but I think there is this mentor-mentee possibility, and hopefully that'll be the thing that brings them together, because, uh, or, or, or brings them up the tag ranks, because, uh, you know, I wasn't upset when they broke up American Alpha, and Jason Jordan came to Raw because they weren't doing anything on SmackDown. Yeah, I, I was left a little flat by them coming in with such a huge push. And then they had somebody go over them, and it was very surprising. And then they kind of just took them off TV for a while. And I couldn't figure out. I guess some people were saying that, that at, at that point the push had just not worked. But to me, it's just they didn't give it any time. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually see it myself for it not to work. I think it didn't help them that... Out of nowhere, the Usos became yeah. the coolest thing yeah. on television. For real. Absolutely. You know? Like, the most... And, to me, the most relevant thing on the show... I mean, the, that was a glorious time of SmackDown history, man. Right after the brand split, when all of the... Like, the writers were giving care to these characters and letting them go out there I and think try to do different stuff. SmackDown went on, like, a Nitro-era run yeah. of being a better show. And then it's... I don't think it's... I think it's over. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you know, their talent was rated, too. Like, yeah, but I, I, I feel when like... They, when they first started, it was kind of... Raw was definitely heavier with talent, but it was a little bit equaled out. You know, they, they gave him New Day. Right. AJ stayed, they gave him Kevin Owens. But it's still, like, the talent on Raw... SmackDown could not put on a show that looks like No Mercy. Right. We'll put That's it true. that way. But look, when... Okay, let's say, uh, you know, uh, Brizongo, for instance. Brizongo, during the golden era of SmackDown, comes over. They kind of get new life, right? Mm -hmm. um, Primo and Epico came over in the Superstar Shake-Up. And they had nothing. For a second, I was like, oh, they're going to get some shine finally. Like, they're they're going to get... And then, and then they disappeared. Yeah, I mean, Luke Harper, you know, yeah. he's a guy who was being built towards something. Now he's not even on television. That's one that I think... Really makes people confused because so, it's not like, like, and and when you look at SmackDown and what we just said about Raw, it's not like 
SmackDown is overflowing with talent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You've got some amazing guys, and thank God AJ's there. Right. Because, you know, he's probably the best dude in the company. But you've got a lot of room to build Luke Harper on that show. Right. And why not? <clears throat> if you're going to throw the title on Jinder Mahal as kind of an experiment, why not make Luke Harper the good guy monster that tries to conquer Jinder Mahal? Why not elevate Luke Harper? They should definitely try it. I mean, if you look at right after the brand split, there was a month where Heath Slater was the most over guy in the company. <laughs> You're because right. They gave him something to do. The I got kids era. Yeah, and now you know they're they're not. SmackDown got the, the talent got rated because they made a bunch of stars real fast, and so Raw took some of the stars, and now they're not really making making any stars yeah. anymore. Which you know it's interesting because you could say a similar thing was happening with NXT. Mm-hmm. During the Nakamura Samoa Joe generation, yeah, that was that was a tough era for them. Yeah, because it was like you had great shows and great names, but you weren't building anybody. I think now NXT is in a spot with with Adam Cole and and those guys. I was Bobby super Fish. excited, man. I mean, yeah. the takeover was exciting, and then seeing like I mean, basically it's PWG. It really <laughs> is right now. It really is. is just mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, like, all they need is Joey Ryan now. It'll, like, <laughs> yeah. it'll be complete. And I think. As you're a PWG guy, right? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember I've been there once. I saw you there. Yeah, I've been, we happy, yeah, I've been in like five or six of them now. In your humble of humblest opinions, the Bucks will they be in WWE? Yeah, um, I want the Bucks there, and I want Kenny Omega there, but I don't want them to wait too long. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you because yeah. otherwise you get into that thing where it's like, oh, but they were really good a few years ago. Yeah, and 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 especially if you look at the state of the WWE universe now where you do have all of this talent in mm-hmm. NXT. I mean, I think this is a great time for them to be there. And I just, you know, I don't want them to miss out on this window where they could be introduced to the American mainstream wrestling, you know, landscape. I would probably put the Bucks on NXT. I would probably put Kenny Omega I, right I, on I, the I main agree. roster. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you got a Kenny Omega as a, as a rumble entrant. Can you, can you imagine Kenny Omega surprising AJ Styles at oh some point. God, I like, doesn't it so just bad. hurt just thinking about it? Oh, speaking of hurt, on Raw Monday, did you notice? Wait, what were, do you know where they were? Monday? Uh, I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue. Wherever it were, the crowd was, was very whack to me. and um, In the sense that they were dead? Yes. Yeah, okay. There was a moment in the Battle Royal where Gallows and Anderson... Yeah! Like, moment with Finn... <laughs> Where yeah. they were like about to two sweet each other, and then it got broken up. And nobody cared. No, nobody cared. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Could you imagine if they'd done that in Brooklyn? And you heard Michael Cole had to put over yes! the fact that it's like, wow, you know, their history together <laughs> in Japan. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Because you count on that live audience to to inform the us at home. Right. Like you and I are probably sitting there watching, going like, "This is a big moment," right. and then listening to the crowd being like. Is this? Not, did they already do this? Is this not as big a moment as I think? Did I miss something? Is this not that big of a moment? Uh, like Gallows and Anderson, for instance. I mean, those are. I mean, the talent there is crazy, yeah. man. The talent's awesome, and those guys are just used to get other guys over. Like they should be on SmackDown getting some attention or something. I feel like they're being wasted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it is big talent when you can interrupt a Roman Reigns John Cena promo with your nerds bit. Yeah, the nerds. And it's like still, and it didn't collapse. Like, right. it was like, okay, yeah, that's still funny. Now, nobody, everybody also knew they were about to immediately get their asses kicked. Yes. But it, yes. it, it, it was. It still was okay. Yeah. Um, 
And before we go, we should uh, uh, mention, did you see what was going on with uh, Rosemary from TNA and Sexy yeah, Star? Yeah, yeah, I read about that. It's I, I watched the video, and, you know, to the untrained eye, I have no, believe it or not, I have no combat experience. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I, I don't know what I saw. All I know is what uh, what Rosemary said and what people have been saying is that it's not a matter of somebody working stiff. It's a matter of somebody going out and intentionally breaking another person's arm, right. which to me, I mean, anybody that really thinks about wrestling as entertainment like we do, anybody that's a fan of this thing has to realize that in order for that show to go on the way we want to see it, even if it's stiff as hell, right. even if it's two guys kicking or women beating the crap out of each other, they have to on some level know that they're safe. Right. If they don't have that trust, if they don't have that knowledge of being like, we'll be cool, they're not going to take the risks because why would you do that to yourself? Right. And we're not going to get to see it over and over and over again. So I really, really can't imagine – I mean, Brett and Sean didn't break each other's limbs. When you look at Roman and Cena. Those guys clearly don't like each other. Right, they're not out there potatoing They're not going to hurt each other. Right. And, and there was some incident where there was like an arm bar – uh, that Sexy Star had Rosemary in at, a, I think, a CMLL show. It was a Mexican. It was a Triple Mania, I think. Okay, a Triple Mania. Mania. Yep, you're right. Um, and she, I guess, broke her arm or, 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 or broke something in her arm by hyperextending it in a way that one would only do if they were doing it intentionally. And it's just, like, so irresponsible and kind of disrespectful to the business in general. Did you read what Sexy Star's uh, explanation was when she was was cornered about this? She was saying that one of the – I think this was a four-way match. She was saying that one of the other women had stiffed her early in the match, and she had got it in her head that all three of the women were after her and trying to hurt her. So in her head, it was just a shoot from that point forward. Yeah, but still, she wasn't in any danger. Right. She was in in the position, yeah. In but the, that that was her explanation is that she had gotten into some paranoia. Okay, well that's like that's like you shoot somebody in the back, right? As they're running away from you because they punched you first, right? And you're like, so it's self defense, and you go, you find out it is not self defense because <laughs> they were already leaving. Like you can't. That's called revenge. That's called I was angry at them, so I shot them. But like, you know the reason why, even though that doesn't make any sense, like logically for her to say that. It does speak to, like, the kind of inherent lunacy that happens to a lot of people in this business after yeah. a while, though. Yeah. Like, it's just a crazy business, and it gets into people's heads. And, and you know, people take a lot of drugs and stuff, too. <laughs> that happens, like, too. You know, um, but, yeah, it just seemed to be reflective of that, like, that kind of just that weirdness that happens with people. And it, it's, it's like, because it's kind of crazy, because think about it just as a person. How do you – because I always wonder, even just getting injured in a wrestling ring, psychologically it must be tough to get back in there right. and do these moves again. When, like, you have an opponent that that did that to you. You let them – You gave you know, them the arm. You right. gave them your arm, and then they broke it. Like, how do you get there? How do you get yourself back into a ring and be like, okay, I, I just because that person was bad, I can still trust that person. I feel like it would give me a complex. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, because they already have the initial thing to get over where you know you're about to be punched in the face anyway. Like the basic human defense mechanism that you have to shut down to even participate in wrestling, but then to go one further. Yeah, somebody hurts you. Yeah. Like, yeah, that must mess with your head. Crazy. Well, open Mike Eagle. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, man, it's been fantastic. And uh, anytime you're in New York, 
or I'm in L.A., we'll do it again. Yeah. Uh, where can people uh, find out about you? Where can people get the new music? Uh, man, it's, it's anywhere where they still sell music. So uh, <laughs> iTunes, of course. Okay. And, uh, you know, it'll be on all the streaming sites. My new album comes out September 15th. Okay. Uh, I have a wrestling podcast, too. Oh, okay. Um, it is called Tights and Fights. And um, that comes out every Thursday. So check that out. Same too. day as this one. So, yeah. like, uh, listen to this and then listen to Tights and Fights. Yeah, check it out. You uh, wrestling podcast listener. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Where can people find you on Twitter? Mike underscore Eagle. M-I-K-E underscore Eagle. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much, and uh, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me, man. Peace. Here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Toodaloo, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.